I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 10, episode 32. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. And football has exploded in the last 24 hours. I mean, what hasn't happened? We've no longer got Jose as our manager. We're potentially no longer playing the Premier League. It has been a crazy 24 hours. I've never seen so much chaos across any sport ever. It's absolutely mad. Um, and in the midst of all of this, we've got a cup final at the weekend too, which is just it is <laughs> such a strange week. Um, we're sort of going to gloss over the fact that we drew with Everton Friday night and it was typical because we'd just sort of be saying the same stuff that we'd be saying for a number of weeks. Um, frustrating draw, Sigurdsson, Dr Spurs, all of that stuff as usual. Um, let's go straight in to talk about this Super League nonsense. I mean, where do we even begin? OK, so firstly... What are both of your stances on it? Like when the news broke yesterday, what what were your gut reactions? I, the, it's the death of football for the fan, for the fan as they are, and I I want no part of it. It's got nothing to do with football. It's got everything to do with revenue, and I get it. They're chairman. They have to. They have to get make money. They have to try and like it's a business. Blah 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 blah. It's the worst thing that will ever happen to Spurs, in my humble opinion. And um, I'm dead against it to the point where if it happens to Spurs, I would I it, I would give up supporting Tottenham. It's it's not Tottenham that I love. It's, you're, it's you're a that, franchise. You're that, you're that against yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 a values thing for me. It always 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 has been. The way I could never support Chelsea just because it, it it's against who I am as a human being. And it's just, it's not what football is. It's not what we are. We're not a people club. It's got nothing to do with the people. It's got nothing to do with the club. It's You're then turning into supporting the ownership and supporting Enoch, essentially. You're just, they, they should just call it Enoch Hotspur FC. Not even Hotspur, it's got nothing to do with them. They should just rebrand as Enoch FC and move on from there. That's it. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. Go go for it. I'll, I'll stop talking. Chris, what, what were your thoughts? Well, for me, it's like, well, that something like this has been on the cards. It comes up every few years. It's like a cycle of a European Super League. And as fans, you know, I'm involved with the FSA, the Football Supporters Association. We have to be against it because it's franchise football. It's not about competition. It's not about sporting merit. You know, we can see it's based on a US model. But in that US model, there are no national con- competitions. So the players have been silent. I understand that today because it, there would be breach of contract. But I'd be very interested to see what happens with the players if they are told that mm. they're not going to be able to play for their national for their national teams. All of them. They're in, you know, all of them. Yeah. You know, if they all get together and say no, that could be a major issue. Yeah, you know? money talks though, doesn't it? That's the, that that is the thing with all of this. Where 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 do you both stand on it? If, because there's, you'd imagine that with this, they're going to have to come to a compromise, right? It seems, it doesn't seem real to me that there could there could become a point where players have got a pick between playing in the Super League or playing for their country. So you'd imagine, logically, they'd come to some sort of compromise. If they do, where do you stand on it there? Are you still dead against it? Like what if we, kind if of, what do you mean the, by compromise though, Jack? Because so if Spurs could we, play in the Premier League... And we could play domestically and then we just had this Super League as a midweek thing and it sort of replaced the Champions League. Where do you stand on it there? Are you still dead against the idea of that as well? I don't think that's going to happen. It's not. Because I think that's that's not a way it can go because the whole point is, is that you're trying to create this Super League of these elite teams. And actually, the ironic thing is, is of course, that's what the Premier League did 20 years ago. Um. And now you've got this, some of those same, same teams trying to do the same thing on a European level, because obviously there's money involved in that. But then we've got to think about where's that where's that money from and what are you trying to achieve with it? And the fact is, I think, as ASD said there, it's nothing to do with us as fans. Mm. This is about trying to chase global markets. And yeah, JP Morgan are putting in whatever money they're putting into it. Um, but how long are those global markets actually going to stay interested? Because... I, and I, I use I've talked about the players in, in in you know deliberately because yeah you might say in the NFL it's about the 
you know, the great superstars and all the rest of it, but they don't play in international tournaments, mm. right? And we don't have um, fans here that follow players. Occasionally, there's a person that, like, talks about Ronaldo or whatever, but it becomes a bit of a joke. And even, and this whole legacy fan thing is interesting as well, because I think even those fans that might have come to Spurs or as I was telling ASD earlier, I um, talked to the Anfield rap earlier, come to Spurs or come to Liverpool more recently than we all have. Part of the love of it is to understand the history of the club and what the culture and the values are and what it means to be a Spurs fan, what it means to be a Liverpool fan. And you don't get that if you're just going to follow players around. Mm-hmm. And that, that 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 sort of the specialness of football will go if we lose that. That's the whole point of football clubs is that they are cultural institutions that are, you know, the 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 the, um, the owners are custodians. You know, one of the things I'm just going to I'm going to read something to you, if you don't mind. It's, it's quite short. It's a statement that we wrote as the LGBT um, Q plus fan groups and I sort of led the drafting on it and it's really where I'm at with it which is owners managers players stadia sponsors all change in football the game is united by us the fans and as fans we're deeply invested in the history values and culture of our great clubs and competition sorry of our great clubs and competition and sporting merit should be something we take for granted Current owners are custodians and they're accountable to the communities they serve to run our clubs responsibly. We should not play any part in sounding the death knell for football for the sake of money. Unity is strength, which is why. And then it's just about the thing about saying as, as fan groups. And, you know, you've seen the same with the six um, trusts, you know, the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust with the Arsenal Trust, the Chelsea Trust, you know, a, a unity that you would not imagine to see across those clubs. But it's important. This is a really important point, I think, is is this is being led by American owners who have got nothing to do with the football club. They're not football people. They're, you know, the custodian stuff. They're, they they are just owners. And the American model was built for commercialism. And that's fine. Right. It's There's no relegation because they need the same teams, the same fans. And they have like the NFL's got 32 million, 32 teams in it. Right. And America's got 320 million people. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's almost it there's almost 10 million people per NFL team, which is why they most of them sell out. They don't all sell out, but that's why there's huge support for them. We've got 92 teams. We've got just under 70 million people. That's a huge difference. There's something like 14 times more people per team in America than there are here. And you look at the way those sports are built they're purpose-built for advertising like look how many breaks there are in nfl it's for advertising look how many breaks there are their own basketball in ice hockey it's for advertising that's fine football is a game that was built sport first and they don't understand it and it's going to ruin the heart of the game and the product let's let's move on to it as a product the product isn't tottenham playing real madrid but it isn't tottenham playing inter the product is the atmosphere and everything that's created when you're there. That's what comes across. Football has not been as good. We're watching the football now because we're waiting for it to be full with crowds. We're waiting to see everyone again. We're waiting to hear the songs and see the players react to the emotion of the crowds. And they're not going to get that in the Super League because who on earth is going to fly to Spain every other week to watch a game and to Italy? I'd rather fly there than all the places we've had to go in the Europa League. But that's, that's like seven games a season. It's not every other week. And, it's sad. The, the saddest bit for me is, apart from <laughs> losing in my club, is as a Welshman, I've, I, you've, you see this group of players. Wales have been in two major tournaments, one in my lifetime. The other one was 1958 in the World Cup, where Pelé scored his first goal against uh, his world, first World Cup against uh, Wales. 2016, where we had the most amazing game of my life. And we're about to be in the next Euros, the third major tournament we've ever been in. Gareth Bale's been playing all his life to try to get us in the Euros as a tiny nation. He's not going. Ramsey's not going. Roden's not going. Ben Davis isn't going. This is dreadful. But and then the younger ones aren't going. You know the um, what's his the quick winger from Man United. My brain just totally gone. Dan James. This is this is the best thing that could ever happen to him, and it's not happening, and it's got nothing to do with him. And 
the compromise. Did you watch that Sky segment where they had a fella who had been speaking to someone on the board of one of the clubs? He was, did you see that? And he was yeah. saying, well, the owners are thinking, great, my players won't be out injuring themselves playing for their national team. They want less football. They want them just playing those games. And if they're still in the Premier League, then they're going to play uh, weakened teams. It's, it's a disgrace. Imagine you go, this is a Super League. It hasn't got PSG or Barca in it, who, who are the best two teams in Europe at the moment. It hasn't got Dortmund in it. So forget that bit. It's got the seventh and ninth best teams in England in it at the moment. Great. And then they're playing all their, their youth. They're playing their second team. So you've got Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal sort of playing in the mid-table. And then we're expected to, what, think they're amazing in midweek? I'm I'm not down with it. I'm not down with it. It's I'm just definitely... going to be so, like, I can't, like, the fact that if this goes ahead, we will never see Tottenham win the league. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's what you strike, like, as a supporter of a top, of a side in the top flight, you dream of that day where you see your team win the title. Like, that would be gone. Like, we, you wouldn't, you know, we're realistically not going to win it anytime soon anyway, but the dream's still there that one day you might have an Aguero moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's gone. And I love the fact that, you know, in the Champions League, if you're lucky enough to qualify for it, that once every six, seven weeks, the, the massive game comes around and you play Barca and it's like, oh, like what an amazing occasion. It The novelty of playing the top sides will wear off within weeks. It well, really will. And it just, it won't be, f- and people are saying, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be much better that like, the worst game you'll go to will be Spurs against Inter. In a few months into that competition, that will feel no different to Spurs against Brighton. Like genuinely it won't. And when we're at the bottom of the European Super League, indefinitely because we're not going to we're not as good as those other sides it is going to be so bad even if we're at the top of it it's still not the same like it's it's not the same and it's like you're not going to have it's just silly little things for me like we're not going to have a a fourth round FA Cup tie white Fulham and you have an away day at Craven Cottage that's gone like it's all little things like that which is like to me they're the things that make being a football fan it's like yeah obviously you want to win the trophy and play the top teams but it's the little things like the the away days and the memories that you create from going, like, we're never really going to be able to go again. Not really. Because, really... you know, how many of these games are then, all, you know, as you get further down the line, not going to be held in the UK? Like, how many of them are going to be, like, a Spurs home yeah, yeah. game? That that will get shifted. And we'll, our home, you know, our home matches will be in the States. Wherever, like, it, it really is the beginning of the end for it. And it's just, it's so bizarre. Uh, like, I still can't quite get my head around that it's happening. It just it seems very surreal still at the moment. It's the death of competition, isn't it? Joe, so when I went to uni, got moved into my my little room, Kilmore in Exeter. Then actually moved it. It was in my second year when I when I had my own fridge. Went out. First thing I bought in Iceland was a Sarah Lee sixteen person gatto, right? The frozen one, which is so big it comes with polystyrene around it to keep it together. Got home half defrosted it so I was too excited and the reason I did that was because whenever I wanted more my mum was was always like no you, you don't want more it'll ruin it you just have your one piece got halfway through it felt sick disgusting threw the rest away and obviously I should have kept it but that, that's not the point the point is like if you have too much of the good thing it becomes less good and it, it's beca- it just becomes a series. It'll be it'll be like just a series on TV. The lack of competition is the thing that's killing me as well. It's mm. meaningless competition. You can't be relegated. What's the point? There's I, no sport like, in merit. There's, there's, there's no like, sport in merit. That, that's why you play sport. That's well, the I, reason you play sport. I love that West Ham can get in the Champions League, that Leicester can win the league and get in the Champions yeah. League. I love that. It, all of that has gone. And I get they need to survive. All, you know, all those figures from Swiss Ramble about how much debt all these clubs are in. They need to manage their finances better. That, that's what part of they the They do. Is. But part of the problem is, is that we've let this happen mm. for so long that something does also have to give. Because, yeah, West Ham could get into the Champions League and Leicester did win the league. But if you look at this, you know... that. I saw an analogy today. I can't remember who it was that wrote it. So forgive me if you're listening. Um, that using those examples is like using a few, um, uh, a few cold days to say that global warming isn't real, right? Because yeah. the fact is, if you look at the trend, it's just you know the the teams that are winning are winning by more points. There are more sort of you know like batterings. I think Burnley have lost three lot five nil in a row. Um, three times in a row against Manchester City and all the rest of it 
that actually what we should be looking at yes of course you've got a german model of 51 percent fan ownership great but Bayern munich still dominate there you want to be looking at weight you know um, i know this is but we live in unfettered capitalism right but you should would be looking at wage caps we do and and all of that stuff so at least, you know and let's not say look you know people you still have footballers earning a ridiculous amount like a good amount of money given everything else that's that's going on there but they need there needs to be some regulation we can't just let it go on like this because the other thing i'm worried about is what about grassroots football what about yeah. all those communities that rely on football clubs you yeah. know what are we saying now that only those six clubs are going to be able to really deliver and drive great work in their communities and everybody else is going to be scrabbling around it matters more widely it matters it matters for football. It matters for all the things that we've just been saying. It matters for sporting merit, but it also matters in terms of what happens to our communities. Mm-hmm. And this fan-led re- this fan-led review that, you know, listening to a conservative government talk about regulation and talk Have about a fan-led review, and it's like it blows my mind. It blows my mind that that's where we are and that we've got to the stage where that's happening. But at least it's happening. Yeah. Um. The worry is, of course, this is all global. And so what happens if we do it? That's always going to be the argument. We do it. And then all the talent goes off to Spain and Italy and, and you know. Yeah. Coming at it from a slightly different angle, which is I hate I hate the idea of this, but I sort of feel like for Spurs, like th- this was ha- this is going to ha- this was always going to happen with or without Spurs. Right. So the fact that we're in it, I guess for us is sort of a good thing as good as it can be because oh, like you know like the fact that we're in a conversation of the 15 to 20 most sort of elite sides in the world is is a, you know you i sort of have to say i don't want to praise levy for doing it but like what what else could he have he's like, done his what job. else could he have done that's what he's like, there to you do think of him, he's done his job he couldn't have he couldn't have not gone in for it because if spurs don't go in for that you get left behind but then you don't want to go in for it because it's supporting what nobody wants so it's sort of like this one the few times where I actually really sympathize with the position that he must be in and sort of thing he had to have done that really even though nobody's celebrating it it's like he sort of is backed into a corner with it um mate i once i went to a um uh a red carpet premiere um and i was in leicester square i got long story about how i got the ticket but um Turned up to Leicester Square, I think in Leicester Square, wherever it was. Crowds everywhere, because there were like A-list celebs there. Had my lanyard around me and then squeezed through. I was like, I'm, I'm on the red carpet, I'm on the red carpet. And then I was there, cameras flashing in front of me, right, going everywhere. And I was like, what am I doing here? Literally walked into Johnny Depp, right? This is how crazy it was. That's what it's like for Spurs. They're at this party going what am I doing? It's like they've turned up to their big brother's party at uni or something and they've gone, oh my God, what am I doing it? We've got no right to be there. They, in, the, in one of the press statements, didn't they say that they, there's 99 European trophies there? Not one comes from Tottenham or Arsenal. So we're dragging that, the average down. I think it's hilarious. You, I, say, I, you say that though, but isn't it like, if, if you're looking at in terms of like how much finances, revenue is being yeah. made. I know, I know, I know. We're, what is it? We're ninth, aren't we in that list? So it's like, yeah, you know, it, know. it doesn't, it doesn't but what does that say what does that say about the state of all of it anyway that you know they're not looking at success and all of that they're looking at basically who's making the most money and how can we as a organization make the most out of it or as we were saying earlier we've got a really we've got the best stadium in the world so if you're those teams you're like well we want to go and play there and all the deals we've got with nfl was what do you know what i mean because it's american funded it's sort of like we're fairly daniel levy has done his job right that's the point is that he's done his job the problem is this is not where football should be and we you know and as fans we're quite rightly saying we don't want to be part of sounding the death knell for football i'm not interested in that you know it's going to turn into just some a another game and so that's why we have to somehow be united against this. And last night I went to bed thinking it was a bargaining chip. I thought it was mm. I thought it was a bargaining chip mm. for the new um Champions League format. And I thought it was some game of chicken. But then then just, you know, then I then I think from what I saw this morning, the statements that went out, the fact that they've hired the lawyers, the stuff with JP Morgan, all that stuff, it's a, it's serious. It's not a it's not a tactic. And these discussions will have been happening for a long time as well. That's the thing that really sits funny with me, 
that you know like all of the pandemic that's going on all these clubs will all have been making staff redundant there was the furlough fiasco so it's like JP Morgan investing five and a half billion pounds aren't they in this it's like that club's hardly going to be short of cash so there's all these conversations going on it just none of it sits right I think with anybody but what's more depressing is it's I mean I'm not I'm not a financial expert so you know I'm I don't even know if I'm phrasing this correctly but all it's more debt to fund debt and that's everything that's wrong with where the world, the global it? economy yeah. is frankly mm. is that we're funding debt with debt mm. and for yeah. what well for what i'll tell you who's happy dulux dulux are happy because <laughs> no one's talking about that anymore <laughs> that's who's happy that was funny that, that was, was funny i just couldn't believe what i was like i was because I, I got sent out of screenshots but like have you seen this and i was like oh that's fake but i was like i'll go on just to check it and was like hang on a minute and then i was like i must be on I must be on a Dulux parody Twitter <laughs> account. And it's like, I kept refreshing. It was like, no, that blue tick's still there. And was like, this isn't happening, surely. It's incredible. <laughs> what a decision I'm, to make, to like to go I'm, into partnership with someone and then troll them so badly as well. And instantly. It was, yeah. in, in, it was replying to the announcement. For those who like, haven't seen it, it was Tottenham announced a partnership with Dulux, owned by Exo Nobel, who are a paint manufacturer. Um so Spurs fan, there were people going on, you know, talking about, you know, you can go and paint the trophy cabinet. And immediately, Dulux themselves were coming back with, oh, no, because you need there to be no dust in the uh, on the surfaces and just tearing us apart for not having any trophies. It was funny stuff. And then they, they were fine. Like, I get it. People were outraged. I, I was fine with that. I found the, the response a bit cringe, you know, when they apologised and they started Glossing making puns. Glossing yeah. over. Brush it or Get out. But that was funny. Uh, but... Good news today. We're going to well, talk about I mean, if the Super League, if the Super League stuff wasn't enough, the club's timing, like with all the Super League stuff going on, it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit, isn't it? The fact that Mourinho's gone, which I mean, I don't know many Spurs fans that sort of weren't uh, weren't happy with that today. Like I've defended him for as long as possible. But really, sort of since the turn of the year, it's just got so desperate that like, it's you know what? It's just not worked. And it's like, uh, I'm pleased that leaving the club have gone, look, we tried to go in another direction. We've got it wrong. Like, hold our hands up. Let's get rid of him now. Um, the timing is an interesting one, mostly with the cup final looming. But I didn't give it. I don't think any Spurs fan gave us even a sniff of, of winning against City at the weekend. All of a sudden, even a temporary manager bounce. You give it. I, I sit there and think we've got more of a chance now with yeah. Powell and Mason in charge than, yeah. we, than we did with Jose. Just purely from they, they might get that group to rally. And it's yeah, like there's a cup final. There's six league games to go. Like they, they could get a reaction out of the players. And it's like you could end up sort of salvaging the season. I'm not saying we're going to beat City. I still don't see it. But all of a sudden I'm like, you never know. Well, they might have a Champions League semi-final to prepare for, which would have been an hour, which would have been for our benefit. And I'll tell you what, today should have been a, like a celebration. And it's been, as you know, as you say, it's been completely sort of superseded by all of this Super League stuff. But, you know, I saw something from the Henry Winter said earlier saying that, you know, Jose was a pragmatist in a club full of romantics. And it's one thing to park the bus at Spurs and another to throw the players under it. And that's exactly that's exactly right. It's like, do you not agree? Do you not think we're a club full of romantics, ASD? I think we're a club full of romantics. I think the the, the spirit of or the tone of what is being said there is is not great. We're definitely a club full of romantics, but I I it, pragmatism, he was not pragmatic. He was stuck in his ways. He was yeah, definitely yeah, not pragmatic, yeah, is my point. Fair. He's, the um, way to look at it is just like he had 17 and a bit months in charge and we're no better than we were day one when he walked in. And like if you're looking at it purely from a take out your views of Jose and all of that and the culture and the style and all that, just like are we a better football team now than when we were the day took over and we're not. So it's like it's sort of a fair decision. He's been given enough time in any business. A manager being given 18 months is more than enough time to stamp your make your mark on it, stamp your authority, all of that. And it just, it's just not worked. Like, I think for him, I can't see him managing in club football again now. Like, I don't see how a, a, a side, maybe outside of Europe, somebody might go for him. But I don't see how a team could get him now because he's proven 
in the Tottenham job and the United job that he can't manage modern day players. Like he's proven it. Yeah. Like if you know, it, it, maybe he could go out somewhere, and if he's got an aging group or he's got you know superstars, he might still be able to get the job done. But uh, a side of of made up of players thirty and under. He, he just he, he can't manage them. That the players just don't react to what they used to react. You get the odd one that you know the Harry Kanes of the world that do and could you know. He, but he strikes me as somebody that could be managed by anyone and he would be fine. But I just can't, I think it's the end for Mourinho now, which for him must be a massive shame because he's you know one of the most successful, brilliant managers ever, and it's ended terribly for him. His last two jobs have been disastrous. Um, but it's a big it's a really really big moment for us now in terms of what direction do we go in because like this next appointment with all of this other stuff that's going on the lack of money like this is the biggest managerial appointment that we'll probably ever see now the most important definitely because if we get this one wrong like you we can't have the next two to five years can't be dodgy for us if we're sort of a bit become a bit of a european yo-yo team like that's really dangerous so we've got well, to we're not really a European sure. yo-yo team, are we? We're a, a European franchise team now. Like, that's yeah. what it is. Um, that's what it is. But we just got to get this one about... bang on, though, haven't we? Because if we if we make this appointment incorrectly and get someone in and it doesn't work, like you know, it's a big, it's a really, really. We're, I feel like we're at a crossroads now. Of if we get this one wrong, we're in real trouble. But I'm struggling with even this conversation. Because if we're ending up in this Super League and we're not in the Premier League, for example, you know, we could, there's a meeting tomorrow. They might throw us out. They might throw us out of the Premier League tomorrow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if that happens? Like, I don't want it to happen, but part of me really wants that to happen. To just like, (laughs) let's just like, it fascinates me. Yeah, but then what are we going to, how we, what are we going to do as fans? We're saying awesome. It's an important announcement, all the rest of it. I mean, I don't know. I might just go to Harringay Borough. Well, come yeah, and watch yeah. me on a Saturday afternoon. There you go. That'll there you be. go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I mean, this is that's the that that's the problem that I've got is about like you're right, but all, everything you've just said, Jack, is in is in you know sort of normal times. Mm. That's if this stuff wasn't happening today. Well, um, will we even need a manager? Do you know what I mean? If you're in a Super League, do you even need one? If it's if if there's no promotions, no relegations, does the manager's role become oh. completely void? Do you need it? Like, do you know what I mean? It's stuff that we just never would ever think about. Fascinating thing I was listening to earlier as well about tanking in the NFL because of their draft system. That there are some teams that deliberately tank on two or three round, mm. two or three sort of cycles, so then they can end up with the best Imagine players that. the next time around. Imagine well, I haven't even thought about draft, but that'd be next, wouldn't it? Drafts. Yeah. Oh, you can't, you can't, because America's got like a limited pool of players, right? Whereas Maybe they would. Maybe they just take the top. Pros- they can't. They can't because you can't do that from around Europe, right? Because America, you've got this is the pool. Yeah. Yeah. They take them from the state, the, the states, and then they're from the from the universe of the colleges. And how, how would you do it here? Because like there could be top talent in in Croatia. But once you've got once you've got this, but but think it through. Like once you've got this Super League, if there is one, if there are one or two teams that are constantly failing. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to do something to prop mm. them up to make it more exciting. Yeah, if, yeah. Man United, if, if Man United are bottom of the Super League over, there's no way that they're going to yeah. let that happen. Yeah. You're so right. But you You're figure so something right. out in order to game the system. Yeah. Anyway, back to Mourinho. Back to Mourinho. I think what's, uh, there was a really good piece by Jack Pitbrook in The Athletic about all the stuff that had happened. And actually, there was some, you know, some really good highlights, which are all the things that we've actually been talking about for the last couple of months. But like literally sort of in bullet points. I'm see if I can try and remember them. Like, I have it here. Let me, oh, let me right. pull okay, it up. There you go. Well, while, while I'm pulling it up, uh, Mourinho, like, while I'm... There were some bullet Sorry. points, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here it is. The title of the, the article is He Sucked the Culture Out of the Club. The bullet points the Athletic can rebe- reveal that Tottenham players were left bored and untested by his training sessions. Most of the squads were expecting his sacking. Tactics were so obsessed with stopping the opposition that players were unsure how to attack. Mourinho's assistant, Sacramento, was unpopular with the squad. The club were unhappy with Mourinho's criticism of the players and asked him to stop it. Mourinho ran out of allies at the club on and off the pitch, but only Harry Kane was loyal to Mourinho at the end. His dismissal had nothing to do with the Super League, was based purely on results. 
I mean, it's all bang on, isn't it? Like, you know, if you just look at it purely from a has he performed in his job? No. Like, it it, it can be as simple as that. Also, very quickly, what's also interesting is in that piece, it says something like, the you know, the players like were scared as the as they got closer and closer to each match mm-hmm. because it, we, we were so fixated on what the opposition would do you f- they completely forgot to focus on their own game which is exactly what Jack's been saying about there being no mm-hmm. um you know passage of play in the final third and I always think back to like a Tiger Woods analogy that I once heard him say about I don't know anything about golf so I might get it wrong is he really good at driving rather than putting Tiger Woods is that what he's good at I don't know anyway he's good at one of those two things and what he's always said was, I'm really good at driving. So what I do is I practice my driving all the time. I do a bit of putting, but actually I practice the thing that I'm good at because that's how I can go out and win. Rather than trying to say, I'm going to do, you know, and of course you have to pra- you have to practice both because you've still got to be able to putt. But his focus was on himself and not, you know, and that's 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 where we've been lacking. You can see it. You can see it. By results, he's our fifth best manager. And the first two were, you know, were 63 games in total, 49. Then you get into ABB, who was there for 80 games, had 55% win ratio. Pochettino, God bless him, at 54%. And then Jose Mourinho at 51%, even better than Tim Sherwood. So, I saw. I also saw a stat, which, and I can't believe that this is true, but it was, it was on the BBC website, so it must be, was that... If you look at the amount of points taken from when he started, we're fourth. And I'm like, how? Like, how? But it's not been a success, right? It's it's been a dreadful 18 months. Well, let's let's just do a bit of pause. What what were the good bits? City 2-0, Bergvine's first game. That was a great... The first 12 games of this season, we were top of the league. And it looked... It said we were going to win the quadruple. (laughs) I I thought there was a plan. Man United 6-1 was incredible. And then we beat Chelsea, didn't we? And then Newcastle, I think, at the end of that week or something like that. No, it was Newcastle, Chelsea, Man United at the end of that week. That was an incredible run of games. It's not been great. I think the lowest... The Kane and Sun partnership's a positive from it, you know, because that's a partnership all of a sudden. That Southampton game. The 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 lowest point has to have been Zagreb, but that has to have been that yeah. was pretty bad. Zagreb. And I still think for me that everything changed after the West Ham free free. That that still in my mind is like when that happened, it was like handbrake on, that's it, we're not attacking anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was like nailing the coffin. Where do we go from here though, in terms of managerial appointments? Like who who would you like to see? Who would you not like? Obviously, Nangelsman at Leipzig is the favourite. Um, is he Eddie still House, the favourite? I saw yeah. talk of um, what's his face today, bloody Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers, yeah, I take him. The um, but the Bayern, he but Hans Flick is going after to take the Germany job after Joachim Lowe after the Euros. So um, if he wants to go to Bayern, that if um, Nagelsmann goes to Bayern, that. That that's a weird thing because Bayern are like the Man United of Bayern are the best team in the world really. I know they just um they just got knocked out, but that that's incredible. That's incredible. I can we just Ryan Mason? How mm. I love that man. Always have fairy tale, isn't it? Twenty six yeah. years old, retired from football after almost dying after Gary Cahill put his head on his like scored. Loves Tottenham like deeply loves Tottenham. And he's getting to walk his team out, his boyhood team out with Chris Powell together, potentially to win a cup. And I, I love that. And I, I got goosebumps. Yeah, I'm getting it now. Just imagine the reception he would have got. Like, we're free for Mourinho, play Southampton, whatever happens there. But he's leading the team out at Wembley. Imagine the reception he'd get from 40,000 Spurs fans. It would be amazing. But obviously, we're not going to hear it. We'll have to hear it from you, Chris. But um <laughs> Uh, that's great and Ledley obviously wasn't fired either so that's a lovely thing he's still there I mean it's got to be Nagelsmann Rogers uh, I don't know I don't I'd, want be, I'd be really upset at Rogers as well though and I'd not, be upset not with for him. footballing reasons I don't know if you remember all that nonsense with his son at Brighton and I'm just like do you know what and I know What's it's that? your kid he was one of three players they got they were up for um, sexual assault and oh, they were God, just yeah. like, oh, it's only lads banter. We didn't do anything, but we did take a picture of her drunk and naked with ourselves, like exposing ourselves over her. And I know it's your kid, but like he was like out there defending him, laughing and joking with him when they got let off. 
and I just think, like, again, culturally, I'm just not interested. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm just not a massive fan, Rodgers, from a football point of view. Yeah. I, I think That's he's, true. I think he's massively overrated as a manager. I think he's doing a good job at Leicester, but you know, he, he should have won the title at Liverpool. And you're talking about like Spurs are labelled, aren't we, as bottlers? But like, I would say he's the, big, the biggest bottle job manager there is. Should have won the title at Liverpool. Look at what happened to Leicester last season. They're about 15 points clear of fifth at one point and didn't finish in the top four. I know he's got him into an FA Cup final. That's great. But I just, I don't see it. I don't think he's a bad manager or a bad coach. But I just think that we've got to be aiming higher now than Brendan Rodgers. Like, I just, I don't, well, that would be a really yeah. disappointing appointment for me. Um, I was going to say Scott Parker, but I, from that, yeah, I know, I know. There's, there's the romantic in me that would love to see him. It's hard there. though, isn't it's, it? The, the 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 difficulty is i just don't i, I just got a thing with brendan rogers i don't particularly rate him like mm. i wouldn't be buzzing if we brought scott parker in but like i think we've got to go down more of a route of a coach yeah because yeah. i just think this generation of players yeah. is not gonna i think if you went and got ancelotti from everton i think you're gonna have the same problems that you have with jose where it's like yeah. players are not really gonna react like that rafa benitez is another one that would be a safe appointment but again, I don't know if he's if he's, if you're going to get the reaction. It's like I think you need a a tracksuit wearing, slick back hair, young coach that could come in and 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 actually get a bit of a reaction from them. It's mm. funny as you say all of this, and I'm just like all this stuff with Europe, and I'm just like you need someone with a bit of like European culture as well. There's yeah. something about that, and I don't just mean it because we want to play in Europe. And I know I bang on I banged on about Nagelsmann before, but I think that's exactly right, Jack. You know, he knows how to get out the best out of players. He knows how to make them better. He's got a plan. He's got a way of playing. And he's that's got a big it. intellect. You know, I that's think all the way of playing. The way of playing is what we want. And it's sort of like that for me was the most disappointing thing about the Jose reign is that when we appointed him, I was like, well, we're going to become a Jose Mourinho team. And everyone knows what a Jose Mourinho team is. But actually, that type of team doesn't really exist anymore. And we never we never saw it. Mm -hmm. So it's like I just want a manager that's going to come in and say, this is how I'm going to play. Like, and I'm going to go all in with it. And I'm not going to sort of sacrifice. And this is just what it's going to be. And it will either work or it won't work. But this is what I'm going to go with. And it's like, I'd, it'd just be nice to have a bit of, in terms of playing style, a bit of an identity back again. Yeah. Um, even if it's not necessarily what we would all want to see, if that makes sense. Like, I just want to see some kind of plan and style and consistency in the team. Um, but the, the difficulty with them, you know, who's going to come in next is there aren't that many names out there. That's the thing. It's sort of like, you know, I went, I went and looked at the odds over and was like, oh, let's see. And it's like, actually like there's only about three or four managers really that you look at and you think oh they might be all right but there's nobody that gets me really excited um i saw pochettino at 20 to 1 um which did make me laugh um but I, you know he's in the champions league now as well right yeah he's going to win the champions league and then psg won't be part of the super league and then he'll come back that's what that's what will happen uh, and they'll keep ryan mason as his assistant and oh, then, oh my days don't um alan kerbishley <laughs> Isn't he usually on a list somewhere? It'll keep it'll keep us in the Super League, wouldn't he? That'll be uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though there's no relegation, I kept I kept Spurs in the Super League. So did Jamie O'Hara. Jamie O'Hara said that we should have um, Redknapp back. I think. No way. Brilliant. I love that. That's how mad today was. I turned Talksport on. I never, ever, ever, ever turned Talksport on because yeah. we have to shite that they talk. But what a, what a day it's been. I, I've loved today. I know you're sort of sad about it. I just love the chaos. And it may, this may be the beginning of the end of my relationship with Tottenham. It may be. Because well, I'm not going to do ASD. Like, let, let's, say, let's say all this Super League stuff happens, right? We're kicked out of domestic football. We just play in the Super League. Like, what are you both going to do? Like, because you're always going to have the affiliation and love and that for Spurs, right? It'll, it won't be as strong. But what, what will you do? I'll, I'll have to support sit Cardiff City or Stevenage that that's my options because this is a values thing I support Spurs because of the, wh who they are as a club what what their identity is to me otherwise it's just a badge yeah that's it but the, the club is made up of more than a website a social media admin the sponsorships even the league they play in the the club is what exists in us is what we love. That that that's what it is. It's it's, wonder, it's nothing tangible. I wonder if there'll be a, 
AFC Tottenham Hotspur. Do you know what I mean? Like a breakaway. We go to the bottom. We start again. They're, they're trying to commoditize what we've got inside us, and we don't. That's not for sale, and that's the thing. There's there's a there's a connection which you can't which you can't put on a P and L sheet, and that that's. That's what I want, and if it means I have to go find another club because I'm not interested in franchise. Like, imagine they go N17. It's not a great looking place. Obviously, can't move the ground, but maybe in 20 years we'll plan to move somewhere else. Right. That that could happen. I mean, let's not forget Levy went for the national, the um, the Olympic Stadium, which is in East London. Whether you think that was a ruse or not, he's not against that. And you think about the Raiders and all the different places they've been mm. in our lifetime. That it it could happen. It it could just be. You know, West Ham Hotspur. Imagine that. It's gone. But I heard the, someone the on Talk Sport as well say, like, you know, what happens if it gets to a point with the Super League where then all of a sudden, instead of having Man United and Man City, they have Manchester and team. And you know what I mean? And it's like, actually, you, you hear that and you think, no. But then you think, actually, if the Super League's happening, there's not a London FC. Yeah, yeah. You know, could that ever happen? I think, look, let's form AFC Tottenham Hotspur. You two can can manage it and I can play and then I can say I play for Spurs. That's great. <laughs> you'll be our you'll be our strong bench. Listen, we haven't got any other players, but you can be our strong um, bench. I have um in a in the Greater London Women's League, I have both won a league and a cup. So I've got form. There we go. I captained the team, my my uni team took them up the divisions. Yeah. Joint yeah. Top scorer from the back in this exciting team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I mean look We've got to laugh because who knows what's going to... Like, this time next week when we're having a conversation, who knows where we're going to get to? We could have having... won the League Cup. We could be, we could have won the League <laughs> Cup this time next week. So, I, I've been listening... I was preparing. I've broken my toe. I was going to talk about that and I've been listening to an album all week. I was going to give a music review because there's been nothing to talk about for months with Spurs. Nothing. It's Last week was just the copy and paste episode and I was just preparing for another boring episode because Friday games are the worst for that because, like, everyone's sort of over it because Gilfie's goal was great. Kane's goals were brilliant as well. It, it was something interesting and then we sort of do, do what we do and then have a quiz. But it's just gone mental. And is he injured? Have we haven't even heard anything about his injury. Have you heard? He hasn't. He injury? didn't train today, apparently. But he did walk to the bus, so I'm hoping he's rested in the week and he, he comes out. He probably won't play. He probably won't play midweek, will he? If you're no, being realistic, like it's just, it's not. It's probably not worth. His risking. best mate's not going to risk him. No, no, imagine that. It's mad, isn't it? Like, well, actually, like, let's talk about the cup final because Chris, you've got a ticket. I you're have. I can't believe it. Because it, it all went down to ticketing points. I've had a season ticket for over 20 years and I do go away uh, yeah. several times a year. So I've got, I had enough ticketing points. Sadly, I was the only person in my group, so I shall be going alone. However, someone did suggest that I should get a T-shirt with uh, my group printed on it. So I have. That's arriving tomorrow. So I've got my mates Patrick, Gina and Philip on a, printed on a T-shirt okay. to cool. take with me to Wembley. Um there's a couple of people I know that are meeting the meeting there. I actually might meet some of the um, Canal Street Blues to do our own little protest. Not sure what we're going to do yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to be back at a football match. Um, I won't the because it's a test match, test event or whatever. I've got to go and have a COVID test in a test centre, but one of the rapid ones. Mm. I've got to take a home test beforehand and one five days afterwards. Um, and various other things there's a lot of stuff going on um but as far as i as i understand it the clubs had no say in any of that um it's just the government had just they've said been busy they've been busy striking other deals haven't they exactly yeah. <laughs> but yeah no but I'm, I'm excited to 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 be in a football match um but it's weird it's a weird feeling though because of all of this you know, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen all the stuff that the Liverpool fan groups have said. There's just been a statement from Spirit of Shankly, and I've heard this earlier. They've removed all their flags from the COP. Yeah, that's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? They've just so, said we're not having it. Well, well they've warmed up. In, oh, Leeds warmed up in T-shirts um, with, yeah. that says football is for the fans, which is good good to see. And the Champions League and the Champions League is earned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's the other struggle to be there. It's like, of course, you know. And what's going to have developed by Sunday. But, you mm. know, there is still the delight of seeing Ryan Mason lead oh. out at Spurs. Yeah. For, you know, it's still Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, 1882, 782 High Road, N17, you know, for now. Mm. So it's exciting. I mean, you know, How it's a tough one. How real would it be 
Mason, Ledley, Kane around the trophy. Like, oh, that would just be incredible. Yeah. See, I don't, I'm not that bothered about this, this trophy. I've, I've said it, 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 it's, it would be great as part of a, a suite of trophies, but in and of itself, it's, it's another competition. I, I, I don't play, I, 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 I'm trying to be nice because I don't want to disrespect your ticket, Chris. But um, no, it's fine. You go go ahead, Dave. It's absolutely fine. I, it, it reeks of small club just to be just deeply into it, you know. But forget that. The idea of seeing Ryan Mason and Harry Kane lift the trophy together or whatever it is just fills me with joy. Like that—that's the stuff I'm talking about. You can't bottle that. So I'm I'm one excited. And also, it, this this will be the most unique cup final you'll ever go it, to. It cut, no, no. This is my one of my passion points. It can't be the most unique. It either is unique or n- it's not. You can't have a qualifier on unique. This pisses me off. <laughs> You'll never go to a cup final with 8,000 people in New no. like, That would just never, ever happen again. So at least it'd be a story to tell people in, yeah. in New York. I was at that. I was at the cup final that Spurs won when there was only 8,000 people there. Mm. Um, if you could have any, what's your dream outcome for Sunday? Like, is it ASD? Bale getting the winner. Chris, is it Delhi off the bench last oh, minute? See. Like, what's your dream outcome for the match? Danny Rose screamer. <laughs> <laughs> Kane hat trick, you know, and but just comfortable, just three nil up, and then just see it out. Imagine that, or Toby winner. That would I would be just lovely. love to see a really like resilient, dogged. You know, the team that Jose tried us, and we just haven't been. Like almost like that defensive, like the to no. be a great and then to score a beautiful goal and beat the R. Oh, I'd want Kane to get the winner. That would be. The I'd dream like to see absolute like sort of freedom and joy. Mm. I want to see them express themselves and to show to sort of to illustrate what what we've been missing this whole time. Now I know it's going to be hard because only got a few days to work with them, but there's something about you know like. The, the fact that they're suddenly going to be free from whatever it is that Mourinho's kind of ground them down with. So that's what I want to see, that freedom. But yeah, I think Harry Kane deserves to score a winner. But uh, but as you say, I'd love to see us go, it'd be 2-2, for example, with Kane having scored both goals and then Delhi to score the winner. Because yeah. I think he deserves it. It was two years since the um, Man City semi-final the other day, two days ago, I think it was, yeah. you know. And Something like that, that dramatic would be great because that was crazy. Like the the Aguero offside, the oh, the, the I'm sure still sure it wasn't handball. Like from um, I it wasn't handball. I'm sure it came off his hip. The sunny like goal straight away. The, oh god, that that was Second incredible. Second sun goal in that game where he incredible. bent it in the top corner was because it was like it was two two after like eleven minutes that game, yeah. wasn't it? It was just the most ridiculous because it was the game started and it was like, keep it tight, Spurs. Don't give anything away early. And Sterling wasn't it after about ninety seconds and you're thinking, oh brilliant, here we go. That was one of the most craziest games you'll ever see. That yeah. was just it was and everyone remembers it, don't they? Everyone remembers where they were that night. So we always talk mm-hmm. about like iconic games and moments and it's like the city one, it's like everyone can tell you where they were. The Lucas Moore hat trick ever. It, it's it's amazing. But the Dortmund game before that was incredible as well, where we just we just beat them. Like, yeah, was it three 0 Yeah, the Tongan left wing back on the volley, wasn't oh, it? It's, like, it's unbelievable. Incredible. Um, I've got a quiz if you want it. Definitely. Uh, are we doing what? What do we think is going to happen? Just before, in the just before we go on, I'm just going to yeah, make sorry. the last comment, if you don't mind, on the Super League about the impact on the women's game. Because yeah. I think, it was, as you probably saw, it was just like a little afterthought. Oh, yeah, we're going to create a women's Super League as well. You know, and I think there's a couple of things, you know, right at the point when clubs finally saw the growth potential in women's football, it's going to be undermined. The women's game was, was and always yeah. is an afterthought, just as community sport often is. And the move's going to fracture the WSL, tether women's teams to the men's teams again, because this was the whole point of the the WSL broadcast deal was to allow them within a couple of broadcast rights cycles to be self-sustaining and it reduces the women's game to a handful of clubs. Um, And also the fact that, you know, risks them being thrown out by UEFA and not being able to play on the national stage. You know, you want to see the team, the women's teams, for example, take a stand and refuse to join this Super League. But the fact that's not even possible says everything about how dangerous it is for the women's game. So I just think it's worth sort of noting that as well, because there's that sort of bubbling under too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do we think about the cup final? If you take your Spurs 
glasses off, everyone. What what do you reckon is going to happen? I think we'll lose. But mm. It's just too soon now. Um, I'm glad we've got Southampton, but I think I think we'll lose. There's a bit of me now. I'm far more hopeful that we'll win. Logically, I think we'll lose. But I've seen City are playing like their third choice keeper. Like Guardiola confirmed that. Today. City have had a little wobble, not a wobble. But do you know what I mean? It's like for City's terms, they've had a little wobble all of a sudden. It's like they've got mm. they beat Dortmund, but like not convincing. They lost to Leeds, didn't they? It's like all of a sudden they have just lost to Chelsea. But granted, Chelsea are a great side. But all of a sudden, it's like maybe now might be a good time to play them. Ten games ago, when they were on that run, it was like, God. But all mm. of a sudden, going into that game, uh, you know, that the team talking, the tactics and the belief, there will be a little bit more belief there now that, like, well, look look what's happened to them the last three weeks. Like, you can get results against them. So, I mean, we're hope The only way we win this game is that City have an off game and we play the best we've played for two years. That like That's the only way I can see us winning it. But you never know. Strange things have happened. We lost to Portsmouth that time. So any anything can happen in a oh, in a big game at Wembley. Why did you bring that up? <laughs> Just, that is awful. <laughs> I bought a new TV to watch that final, and uh, Kevin Prince Boateng happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth saying as well. The Champions League is going to change as well. The new format. Have you seen that? So they've agreed a new thirty sixteen Champions League. So it's just it's meant to be an elite competition. It's like yes. they're just watering it down and the competition's getting bigger and bigger. It's like, it's just yeah. not... You 36 know. clubs qualifying for an expanded first phase where all clubs will play against 10 opponents of varying strengths. This will result in a league table with the top eight qualifying for the knockout phase and the next 16 going into a playoff tournament for the remaining eight slots. It's just, just confusing and crazy just to get more TV. But anyway, uh, sorry, Chris, what do you think is going to happen? Well, look, I mean... It's it's actually impossible to say now, right? Like, you know, there's always that one scenario that we were going to get battered, right? Mm-hmm. And there's another scenario that it was going to be the what saved Mourinho. There was another scenario that it was going to be the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And here we are now with that, you know, and we're, as football fans, we're romantics. Again, we're a club full of romantics. And you have that hope and you're like, well, now that Ryan Mason's going to be here, it's going to be a dream of him, you know, whatever. So, I mean, actually, who knows? I think we'll probably know within the first 10 minutes what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so right. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so right. Uh, oh, Steve, your quiz? Super simple one. There's only seven answers. Uh, every Spurs number 10, and I mean player wore the number 10 in the Premier League era. There's only seven of them. Oh, OK. We can so do we'll go okay. one each. So, uh, Jack, you're always losing these, so you can go first. <laughs> I just lose any quiz, really. Yeah. Um, right, let's try and work backwards. So, Harry Kane. Harry Kane. So, Chris? Um, I'm not going to work backwards because I don't necessarily know that. But um, uh, Adebayor. No, did Adebayor wear 10? Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, that is working backwards as well. So, oh, is it? Okay. Adebayor. Before Adebayor. Before Adebayor. It's um, a gap. Well, obviously, I know Robbie Keane wore it, but... There was there someone between him wearing it? I'm just thinking, is this a weird one? It's, I feel like yeah. there's a right. I feel like we've put strikers in it so far, you know. So it's not it's a, similar. No, it's similar. Well, I know Robbie Keane is one. I have a feeling that when he left, so I'm, Van der Vaart wore eleven. Yeah. But yeah. He got registered as ten, and then we sold him. So are you counting? Are you counting him in this? I don't list? think he. I know. It's a good. It's a good idea, but this is a sporkle quiz. So someone's made it, so it might not be accurate oh. either. But that's a good one. But no, isn't he? Didn't uh, play it. Well, I'd say Robbie Keane is one, but I don't Robbie know. Robbie Keane is one. Somebody yeah. else. Um, Teddy Sheringham is one. Teddy Sheringham is one. So we've got three left. Um. Oh, this is quite tough. The mm. one the one you're missing in between Keen and Adebayor was on Twitter in the early, early days of Twitter, before anyone had it, where and he, he used to tell the truth on Twitter. He used to like he was Darren quite, Bent wear number ten. Darren Bent wore number ten. Yes, there is. Prime against the number ten shirt, isn't it? 
He was all right. Uh, I always liked that was always my dream was for Darren Bent to um, play for Spurs. So I could because I don't I've never bought a football shirt in my life apart from when Darren Bent played for us because I always wanted a football shirt with Bent on the back. (laughs) 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 And when I went and bought it, let me just tell you this quickly. When I went and bought it, it was at the time where you had to go and tell them what you wanted on the shirt. And it was a little shop. It was that little shop that was around the corner when you could get it there. And I was like, I'd like Bent, please. And they were like, is that D dot Bent? I was like, no, just Bent. And then you have to take it somewhere else. And they're like, so you want Bent, not D dot Bent? No, just Bent. I had to say it three times. Oh and I laughed to myself every time. I thought I was hilarious. <laughs> there was one woman I saw who had Van der Bale on the back of her shirt. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought like, one of those ones that was a good idea once. And then you go, Ooh, anyway, what a, what a player though. Um, I'm struggling a little bit. We're in between Teddy and Robbie Keane now, so a bit older now. I've um, got one in a pony shirt. Sergei Rebrov, ten? Mm-mm. No. In a pony? I'm pretty sure he played. Uh, he definitely played in the pony shirt. Yeah, well, does Stefan Everson wear a ten? He did wear number ten. That yeah, wasn't yeah. even the one I was thinking. That of. was the Ginola shirt. That one wasn't it? Yeah, I've got to get one more. Who was the one I was thinking? I mean, we um, didn't give ten to like Postiga. Mm-mm. God, Postiga, I forgot about him. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was well, a great host. Fine. So also Adidas Holston kit, my favourite badge I think of the Tottenham or maybe he was. Yeah, he was in the pony and Hewlett Packard one too. Ferdinand didn't wear ten at one point, did he? Ferdinand he did. Yeah. He did. Yes, yeah. well done. Work. Currently director of football at Queens Park Rangers, of course. Indeed. Oh, that's it. I like that one. Can you do? Can you do another one of those next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed that one. That was actually tougher than it that sounds. One. Yeah. I'll do number, I'll do, no, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Don't tell us the number because no, then no. we'll just prepare. Yeah, just go and remember. <laughs> I'll just print it out and have it next to my laptop. Is that? Well, you do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, this was me with the answers, and I still got a few wrong. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um. Well, look, let's see what happens this week. Eh? It can't be as crazy as what's happened in the last 24 hours. Or can it? Who knows? I mean, Ryan Mason and Chris Powell in the dugout Wednesday for Southampton. Let's hope they get off to winning ways. But, you know, let's hope that the miracle happens on Sunday. And, Chris, I'll be very, very jealous of you if we if we do manage to get the win. So, let's see what happens. But whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game.
Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Tottenham Hall.